0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 165 of The Yakking Show. That's right, we're creeping towards the magical 200. And this is the show that opens you to new perspectives for the changing world we're living in and it's certainly changing as we talk right now as always we have interesting guests and on the somewhat gloomy ontario day let me welcome co-host kathleen and hope it's a little sunnier maybe a few miles down the road where you are welcome kathleen
1: Thank you, Peter. And thank you so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we have another special guest with us today. His name is Carl Taves. Welcome to the show, Carl. How are you?
2: I'm well, thank you, Kathleen. And thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. (laughs) Most people don't.
1: Well, Carl, just a brief introduction here you are a lawyer and an Oxford county candidate here in Ontario uh, for the Ontario party for the provincial elections coming up in June to for our audience, can you give us a little bit about your background and what made you decide to go into politics.
2: Sure well. Um, I was raised in a very musical family in Brandon, Manitoba, which is actually a very musical town. Most people think it's a hockey place, an agricultural place. It certainly is, but it actually has an excellent music school. And um, yeah, I was a cellist for a long time. I ended up working for three years in Norway. I was in the orchestra in Bergen there. Um, And uh, after three years in Norway, I decided I wanted to come home to Canada I knew a number of musicians in Toronto. I freelanced in Toronto for, what, about nine, ten years. I played with the Toronto Symphony quite a bit, Canadian Opera Company. And then my wife and I, we adopted two boys from Ukraine, actually, uh, 2008 into 2009, the adoption was happening, eastern Ukraine, near the city of Donetsk, actually, was where mm-hmm. the boys' orphanage was. My wife's Ukrainian descent. So... It, made sense for us to adopt from Ukraine and my wife's actually a professional violinist <clears throat> she plays in the Kitchener-Waterloo Symphony and we kind of decided one of us should get a real job <laughs> with the two boys <laughs> on the way so I decided I'd take a crack at law school and uh, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to to be admitted to the law school at the University of Toronto I started there and I'll tell you, I actually, um, just the way things worked out, the adoption happened during first year law school. So I had to travel to Ukraine a couple of times during first year law school, but my classmates were great and they sent me their notes daily. Uh, So I was doing law school uh, correspondence from an apartment in in Ukraine for a few weeks and it it actually worked out. So uh, yeah, then um, finished law school, couple years as a federal uh, drug prosecutor in Brampton, uh, kind of baptism by fire, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in, I guess, August of 2014, I joined a small boutique law firm, it uh, specializes, it just actually does criminal law. And I've been doing that ever since. Why did I go into politics? Well, you know, I just felt like somebody had to stand up I, I guess for me the tipping point was the vaccine mandates um and so many friends family that i knew suddenly were having to choose between keeping their jobs or getting the job seeing a loved one in a nursing home or getting the job um there was just there was just so much that was i, I found very upsetting and i thought look uh somebody needs to stand up why not me I heard about the Ontario party. Uh, I I knew that they were looking for candidates. I expressed an interest. Uh, They did end up choosing me to to be their candidate in Oxford, uh, where I live. I actually, it's it's fortunate. I live really right in the center of the riding. So that works out nicely. And I have to say, I'm so impressed with the Ontario party. Uh, I find it very, very comfortable to be a candidate for them because I, I genuinely, honestly agree with everything that they stand for. They haven't taken a position yet that hasn't very much reflected my own thinking on the issue. So I always thought that I wouldn't go into politics, frankly, because I thought I'd have to join a party that I'd have to compromise with, you know, probably that I might agree with 80% and just, you know, bite my tongue when it came to the other 20%. And I didn't really want to do that and uh, touch wood that has not happened with the ontario party i i uh, really i feel like if i was going to start a, a party this is what i would do so that's how things have developed
0: mm. very good yes. interesting so i this is a tongue-in-cheek comment but i kathleen has to tell me to behave myself at times, but you said you left the music being a professional musician to get a real job. Now you're contemplating leaving the law profession to go into politics. Is that not a backward step? Yes, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> we'll
2: see. We'll see. Um, um, but anyway yeah, I've had lawyers tell me that being a lawyer isn't a real job. So I guess yes, it's a have honest that. term.
0: I've heard that criticism. I've heard people say farming is the only honest job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, mm-hmm. good this is, uh, we're trying to be a little serious here. I just wanted to throw in, we have an international audience. So for those of you listening to this in a week or two's time or longer, from other parts of the world, when we talk about provinces and provincial elections in our country, Canada, it's somewhat similar to the state system in the United States of America, where they have state elections and governors, We, we have premiers, not governors, but there's some parallels. It's a more independent type of structure than the county system in Europe, as far as I know. I just want to give am I right on saying that, um, Carl?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah. that's very, that, that's a good way to help people understand it, for sure.
0: Sure, because I certainly didn't understand it when I came from the British system of uh, very limited local government and, and fairly strong central national government. I, it took me a while to get used to how it works in North America, certainly. So you've told us that you moved. So how old were you when you moved from Manitoba? Were, were you an adult then? or?
2: Well, yeah, so I didn't go directly from Manitoba to Ontario. It was a lot of places in between, even though they are neighboring provinces in Canada. Mm. So I completed my bachelor's music degree in Manitoba Brandon University. Then I went to Northwest University, which is near Chicago. Mm-hmm. A couple of years there, then to Los Angeles. Two years, University of Southern California. Miss the weather, I have to say. <laughs> don't sure. miss the traffic. Um, don't miss the earthquakes, actually. Yeah. Um, then back to Manitoba for a year, sort of at loose ends, trying to figure out what would come next. Got a job in Bergen, Norway, in the orchestra there. Actually two years there, one year in Tromsø, Norway, in a string quartet, north of the Arctic Circle. Um, And then, yeah, missed Canada, wanted to come home, knew a number of musicians in Toronto, said, you know, you can come and um, relocate to Toronto and the freelance uh, situation is pretty good. Had an audition with Toronto Symphony February 98, that's right, February 98 went well and uh, was on their sub sub list, substitute player list for, I guess, about 12 years. Wow.
1: Interesting. Thank you, Kathleen. Thanks, Peter. And getting back to talking about the Ontario Party, you you said that it really resonated with you, but can we, Delph, maybe just do a deeper dive into some of the main elements of the Ontario Party's platform that you believe will be good for Ontario, and by extension, the rest of Canada?
2: Sure. Well, you know, the Ontario Party is really taking a very hard stance against vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. That's what first uh, drew them, uh, drew, drew me to them, I should say. Um, faith, freedom, and family are their sort of three, uh, three, three words that jump out uh, on their website and in their, um, in, in all of their their uh, media and material. Um, You know, in Ontario, we have a very, very radical sex education program in our schools, which the Ontario Party very much is against. Uh, We believe that this sex education program is very harmful for our children. We believe it exposes them to sexually explicit material and Misleading ideas about gender, Uh, you know, it confuses them. uh, It misleads them. It harms them. Uh, We're very much against that. Um, There's also something in Ontario now. It's called Bill 67. It's being supported by all of the major parties in Ontario. It seeks to impose and mandate critical race theory in our schools. We're very much against critical race theory. We think it's misguided. We disagree with it. And uh, we're, we're adamantly opposed to it. So education is a is a big part of what the Ontario party is all about. Um, we, you know, uh, in terms of freedom, I guess this gets back to the vaccine mandates, but it also involves we had a, a massive um protest in Ottawa for several weeks in February. It's, it's called the Freedom Convoy. I think it made news around the world. I'm sure yes. your listeners, your watchers around the world mm-hmm. would be familiar mm-hmm. with it. Um, and, you know, the way uh, both the federal government in Canada and the provincial government in Ontario handled that situation was shameful in our view. Uh, it was a remarkable peaceful protest in spite of media reports to the contrary I went on the third weekend I witnessed how beautiful it was I witnessed how peaceful it was part of the reason I went was because I wanted to see if these media reports about it being violent and ugly had any merit to them and it was apparent to me within a few minutes that it did those reports absolutely did not uh you know I spoke with a police officer who was just sort of present there had actually a couple of very nice conversations with police officers there and he said you know this protest has been massive it's been going on for three weeks there hasn't been one broken window he said where else would this happen other than Canada and you could hear the the pride in his voice as he was saying that so the way uh, I'm sure many of your viewers will be familiar with how that Protest was was just taken apart and taken down through pure thuggery, in my view. And again, um, you know, freedom being one of the, well, oh, you know, it's it's a fundamental uh, issue I think for everyone. But it's certainly when the Ontario Party says it stands for freedom specifically, that's that's what it's saying. It's it's just fundamentally opposed to what happened in Ottawa, and it makes these, we'll call them the legacy parties in Canada, that seem to think that what happened in terms of taking down the protests in Ottawa, seem, seem, they seem to think all of that was okay. Well, it wasn't, and in my view, it makes voting for them impossible going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, and, and might I add, I heard that um, the crime rate, in fact, in Ottawa, went down
2: over the course of both sure. three and, you know, weeks there was a lot of food right people were making food all over the place so the homeless i don't think the homeless in ottawa ever ate better right uh, and they had you know there was just so much they had uh garbage bags taped onto the the sort of street lamps so that all the garbage was you know put away properly uh it was it was just a lovely atmosphere i'm i'm really glad i experienced it firsthand i'll never forget
0: it right yeah yeah, well, in fact, um, we had a member of uh, Action for Canada. Uh, the local chapter was down there twice, I think, the first and third weekend as well. And we had her on the show soon after she came back. And uh, so we have that on record, that interview as well. So I'm getting back to your your launch into politics. This is a two part question. There, there's another, call it new right wing Christian based uh, political party in Ontario that started a little earlier than yours and has probably got more resources and a better infrastructure than you guys have right at the moment. So the first part of my question is, did did you consider joining them at all to get a better head start?
2: To be honest, I didn't hear of them until I'd already applied to be a Mm -hmm. candidate with the Ontario party. I hadn't even done my interview as a candidate yet, though I suppose I could have easily looked more towards the new blue. Um, I don't, well, for people, well, first of all, I do think it's unfortunate that the new blue and the Ontario party are vying for the same space in the political landscape right now. There's no question we're vying for the same space. We're. Mm-hmm. I think we agree 100% that the so-called conservative government that's currently in power in ontario is sort of a counterfeit conservative government that has moved so far left i mean politically they've been very strategic they've been very smart they've taken over the center they know that there's no substantial opposition to the right of them and they know that they can win elections this way so we're in this place where the political the geo, the political landscape in Ontario is very unbalanced. We've got a progressive conservative party that is in the center, in my view. Mm-hmm. We've got a liberal party that's to the left of them, an NDP party that's to the left of them. Great. So we don't have anyone really standing up for the right, except these two parties that are standing up for the right at the same time. Yes. So. I <laughs> Which so, is unfortunate. I, Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Peter.
0: No, the second or, part of my question was, um, given the, the mood, as I think I, I read it, and as I'm sure you read it, otherwise you wouldn't be standing at the moment, uh, should the two parties collectively be in a position to unseat the Ford Conservative Party government in Ontario? Do you believe at that point they would be able to form a coalition and form a government? Is there is there a strong possibility of that, do you think? Yeah, you
2: know, I I can tell you that within the party, that at least that I'm aware of, there within the Ontario Party, there hasn't been any any talk of that. But that makes sense to me. I, you know, if think it's got to be about serving the people of Ontario, and I do think that the current uh, progressive conservative government that's in power has got to go. And if we can get them out by forming a coalition, a coalition, I say, let's do it. Um, and I just, I'd, I'd like to say there's probably a lot of people watching and, and listening to this that are sort of vacillating, can't make up their mind between the Ontario party and the new blue. I agree with you, uh, Peter, that the new blue does have the jump on us. They've got more candidates. They're likely better funded. They, they have been um, they have been out in front of us uh, in mm-hmm. terms of getting going on their campaigns. I would very much ask people that are having trouble making up their mind to keep an open mind. I do think that one of the parties will come to the fore in the next mm-hmm. few weeks and make the decision a little bit more clear for people. That's my prediction.
0: No, that's 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 good to hear. I, I tend to agree with you as well. And we've got several weeks still. Uh, what do we got? Two and a half months before the election, right? So we. I I looked at it today. I've got six weeks from this Thursday. Six weeks so, from this Thursday. Wow. Thursday. And and sorry, no. Kathleen, I'm monopolizing Carl That's here. A, but before next- before I forget, I, I had the privilege of sp- hearing Carl speak uh, last week on Wednesday, and Carl was saying that he's really started from zero to to get his organization going and his campaign going. So you you've got a quite a job in front of you.
2: You know, I never appreciated how much of an advantage the legacy parties have in all of this. You know, um, just yesterday, I've been struggling to get a website set up. I had a friend who said he could do it, who I thought could do it. He called me yesterday, said, sorry, can't do it. Just don't have the knowledge. So I was scrambling to get a website set up, not for the party. They have actually a very nice website, but apparently I should have my own website. So there's just a lot of things, you know, the analogy that comes to mind is, I feel like I'm having to build a car and I have a team helping me, but it's like, we've got to build this car. And when the writ drops, when the election's called, the car's got to be ready to go. Right. The legacy parties, they their cars is sitting in the garage and they're nice cars. And just, I mean, look, they've got to do their prep too. It's not like sure. the the campaign just falls out of their computers. But um, it, it's it's a, it's a lot of work to get yeah. this all up and running. It really
0: is. I didn't appreciate it before. Well, we wish you the best. Like Kathleen, you had something you wanted to ask, Carl.
1: Yes, Carl. Do you believe that the Ontario party will have um, a good level of support in the urban areas or is this mostly rural-based well, support?
2: Look, I think the issues that are really going to grab people are the vaccine mandates Mm -hmm. and the um, the Ottawa uh, trucker convoy protest. Mm -hmm. I think those are the ones that are going to grab people first. I don't see those as being exclusively rural, certainly. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people in the urban areas that are going to feel very strongly um, I don't know what the internal polling is, or if I assume there's some internal polling that somebody's doing. I wouldn't be surprised if we're stronger in the rural areas. Uh, but I do think we're going to have a lot of support in the urban areas as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw in that you were talking about the, the sex, sex education problem at schools. From the context that oh. I have and, and the conversation I've been listening to, a lot of fairly liberal and probably historical liberal party supporters are equally concerned about this whole school thing as you and i are and could well vote for a conservative party purely for that so it could be some surprising switches there
2: yeah and just to to pick up on your term conservative party peter just so people aren't confused Uh, because the ruling government in ontario is the so-called progressive conservative party and they are very much responsible and in favor for this radical sex education program. So uh, I guess we're using small C conservative, yes. not large C conservative.
0: I should have put in a qualifier there. So thanks for clar- clarifying that call. Yeah. God forbid that I was supporting the wrong co- type of conservatives. Um, so so here's another one. You, you, you touched on the convoy and the handling of it um, a little earlier. I believe that that, the, the government's handling of both the virus problem with all its associated mandates and the brutal um, disruption of the convoy uh, has created a, has driven a wedge into Canadian society like nothing else, in, certainly in my 18 years that I've lived in Canada, and we have a disunited country like never before. Do you think that if your party wins or... <clears throat> can lead a coalition and bring some sanity back to provincial politics. Do you think that that will help heal this divide and maybe, again, by extension, be good for the rest of Canada?
2: I do. Look, our, our party is a very much um, well, we put a, a very strong emphasis on faith and the importance of faith. Um, it seems to me that The divide amongst people, I've never seen anything like it. My family's divided, let alone the workplace and the schools. It's the most divisive thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take years to heal. There's no magic bullet that's going to fix this. It seems to me that we need, we need to really emphasize forgiveness we need to emphasize mercy, we need to emphasize understanding, we need to get back to respecting people's right to conscience, to people's right to bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. We certainly, and I, I, I don't think this is really even a concern, at least it's not a concern for me, it's not about getting everybody to join a specific religion or saying you have to ascribe to a specific faith. It's not that, it's a respect for freedom. It's, you know, when I grew up in this, in, in Canada, I always felt like I lived in probably the most free and the most prosperous country in the world, or at least one of them. I can tell you I'm 55, so I was born in 66. I guess I was growing up in the 80s and the 90s coming of age. And I, you know, I sort of took it for granted that my my parents' generation would leave a country to me that was as good or better than than what they had. Mm -hmm. And I worry very much that mine is gonna be the generation where that changes. Mm -hmm. And we're handing something off to our children That's just not the same. That's just Mm -hmm. not nearly as free. That's not nearly as prosperous. So that's a big part of the reason why I got into this. Uh, That's a big worry of mine. I feel like I'm in danger of letting my kids down in a a really significant way. We've got a lot of healing to do. We've got a lot of work to do. But mercy, forgiveness, faith, uh, I'll, I'll throw in respect for life that's a very very important part of Mm -hmm. of why i'm running it seems to me when there's just so much that flows from not properly respecting the sanctity of life Mm -hmm. when life becomes less valuable we all lose in in various ways
0: yes absolutely Uh, I just picking up on what you said. Sorry, Kathleen, I'm jumping in while it's fresh on my mind. For international viewers as well, who may not have seen a lot of coverage of our convoy. We had many people there who were a not white and b were not necessarily Christian and I can remember some sikh uh, truck drivers being interviewed and they were supporting the convoy for exactly the same reasons christians muslims and everybody else was supporting the convoy right because they wanted freedom to practice their faith they wanted law and order and they wanted what everybody else wants so when we talk faith, as, as Carl just said, we don't expect everyone to become Christian overnight at all. Um, but people of faith tend to have, whatever that faith, tend to have the sort of values we're talking about right? and that respect for life. Thanks, Carl. Sorry, I needed to throw that in for our international audience. Back to you, well, Castine.
1: Well, Peter, I'm just looking at the time. It looks like yeah, getting we're getting a at... short on time. So, Carl, how do people get a hold of you? Well,
2: thank you, guys. Probably the best way, well, I'll give you my cell number. I don't know how wise this is, but I've been giving up my, my personal cell number just because uh, it seems to be the, 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 the easiest way. Uh, 226-883-0575. If I don't pick up, leave a message, I'll get back to you. Or actually I've had some very lovely text exchanges with people in the last few days as well. So feel free to text. Um, and I have a specific email account for the campaign. Carl, K-A-R-L, uh, Carl with the Ontario Party at gmail.com. I'll spell it up. K A R L W I T H T H E O N T A R I O P A R T Y at gmail.com. I hope I didn't mess that up. Uh, Carl with the Ontario a- party at gmail.com.
0: I got that. And Carl, you've got 30 seconds or maybe closer to a minute. What, what do you need in the way of support? Mm. Uh, for? You know, We have people, a lot of people in Ontario listening, will listen to the show. So if someone's listening over the next week or two and they want to give you a hand, they want to get involved, who, what sort of people are you looking for? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, look, I, I need three things. I need donations. <clears throat> I need volunteers. I need prayers. All right. So, if you're able to uh, to make a donation, it would be very, very welcome. To perhaps just contact me at the uh, at the infra, um, at the uh, cell number or the email address that I've just given out, I can tell you, I'll put in a little plug, we're going to be having an event at the Drumbo truck stop just off the 401 April 29th starting at 6 p.m. It's basically going to be a freedom rally. We're encouraging people to bring their trucks, their cars, their bikes. Kids can bring their tricycles if they want. We're going to have a contest for the best freedom decorated vehicle, we'll put them into categories. Derek Sloan, our uh, Ontario party leader, will be there. Uh, He's gonna be uh, apparently the judge. I think he and I are gonna be the judges, not that we have any expertise in this, but uh, we'll have some fun. Um, We Yesterday, or no, I suppose it was Saturday, we purchased a machine so that we can take credit cards when people come up to us. Uh, Again, just another bit of infrastructure that we're building. But yeah, and if you can contact me, if you're able to volunteer, goodness knows we could use your help. And lastly, I'll ask for your prayers. Um, Perhaps that's the most important thing. We've got an uphill battle. This is a David and Goliath kind of situation. So thanks very much for that opportunity, Peter.
0: No, you are most welcome and just wish you all the best of luck. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of us are depending on people like you to turn this around. So thank you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank
2: you so much, Kathleen.
1: Oh, thank you so much for being on the show today, Carl. And um, once again, thank you all for tuning in. We love reading your comments. So please keep those coming and until next time, take care. Bye-bye everyone.